Welcome to the Sounds of the World. We are your hosts, Hillary and Bill. Together, we're going to travel around the world to discover new music, discuss musical topics, and interview fascinating people. Our world is a buffet of music, and it is time to eat. Costales de oro vale más un buen amor, por eso eres mi tesoro, valgo mucho junto a ti y soy muy feliz contigo. All right, welcome back everybody to the Sounds of the World podcast. Uh, today we have a very special guest. Uh, I've known him for quite some time now. He's an amazing trumpet player um, who started at ISU with me. And actually, there's photos of us graduating together, which is kind of fun. Um, uh, And then has gone on to get his master's from Indiana and currently lives now in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, home of my Steelers. So uh, we're going to talk to him on not just trumpet playing, but also uh, mariachi music that he has some experience with. Uh, <clears throat> this is something that I'm really interested in and fascinated by, and I think it's really such a cool subject, and hopefully uh, he can shed some light on this topic for us. So please welcome to Sounds of the World, Ulysses Ramirez. Woohoo! <laughs> hey, nice to see you, Bill. It's been a while. It's, it has been. It's good to see you again. And Yeah, man, for sure. You're a lot... I mean, I think, and I want to say you're a lot, but you are thinner than I remember. Um, <laughs> I think I found everything that you've been dropping, so you know it's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Uh, like the last time that we saw each other <clears throat> is c- kind of when I started losing all the weight. Like, just ever since then, I've been losing losing weight, so I've, I feel pretty good now. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you'll have to tell me your secret later, unless it's diet and exercise, because that doesn't work. So. <laughs> Nobody's proven that. <laughs> if it's like if it's like the you know two dollar a day budget, I think I could do that. But um. okay, so so welcome, Ulysses. It's so good again to see you, and uh, thank you so much for being on. Um, let's uh, let's just talk a little bit just about you and your background. So. You can fill us in, like maybe where you're from, and how you got into playing trumpet. Yeah, so uh, I was born in Dillon, Montana. Um, my parents uh, immigrated there from Mexico uh, around like probably like late '70s, early '80s. Um, <clears throat> uh, my oldest brother was born in in Mexico and he was the only one. And then uh, my two other brothers were born in Montana and then I was born in Montana, but probably when I was like two or three, we moved to, to Idaho uh, where some of my uncles lived. Um, so basically raised, born and raised in, in Idaho. Uh, I started playing trumpet in sixth grade, uh, just in like the band, band program, you know, uh, 
I remember seeing like they would have the uh, the older band kids come in and play for like the fourth graders. And I just really wanted, I mean, I, I wanted to, to play drums for uh, probably, I mean, ever since I can remember, really, I wanted to play drums. Uh, but when it got around to picking our instruments, uh, they said that <clears throat> we had to have at least two years of piano lessons to be able to play drums. I don't know if it's like, like mallet instruments or just because everybody would want to play drums and they wanted to like, just have, we you know, <laughs> that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we got around to pl- uh, trying out the different instruments and I felt like the trumpet was like, I felt like I became a little natural, you know, just, I got a sound out of it pretty easily. So I went with that and then just started playing and, you know, throughout uh, middle school, high school. Uh, and then in high school, my band director, um, he told me, you know, you should, you could uh, get some scholarship money to go to college if you play trumpet. And I was like, okay. Um, so, I mean, I wasn't even planning on going to college uh, because I was already like, playing drums uh, in my cousin's band in Idaho. Like we were playing quite a bit. We were gigging. So I was making quite a bit of money. And, um, but my mom was like, no, you're going to college. (laughs) So so I was like, well, I can't really do much else than play trumpet. So I guess I'm going to have to do that. So I didn't come all this way for you to not go to college. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And this is like 2008 when, uh, you know, the recession is happening. So, right. Yeah. Um, So uh, my band director is uh, friends with Mr. Banyas, the trumpet teacher at ISU. And he got me in touch with him. I started taking lessons. I mean, this is like, Audition day was like in February or March or something like that at ISU. And I started taking lessons in like January. So it was like that, that soon <laughs> that I started taking. Yeah. And that was like my first trumpet lesson. Like I, I, you know, I feel like in Idaho, maybe the, uh, at least where I, the area where I'm from, like the private lesson kind of thing isn't too big. Right. Like parents, I don't know if parents, aren't aware or just the school system doesn't really, you know, do too much. In Montana, not so far from you. It was, I mean, I went to a class, these schools were really small, but it was like, you'd have to drive 120 miles to get a a lesson. And it was like, okay, you're going to do that on Wednesday night, like with basketball seasons, you know, like it was just never a feasible thing. Yeah, exactly. And, And my parents never even like, thought about it you know just like oh he should get some lessons or anything it wasn't ever something that we thought thought about so I mean I basically just learned you know what I learned from my middle school band director and my high school band director um and yeah just kind of doing my own thing and then started taking lessons then got into ISU uh you know played in all the ensembles um and yeah, and then uh, when uh, I was finishing up, I so actually sorry, I I, I started out, out as music ed in at ISU because I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do in music. Right, like, right. That was a yeah, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and then, and I was also like, well, I don't think I'm good enough to be a performance major. But then once I got to ISU, I started practicing quite a bit and like, I don't know, people say I sounded good, I guess, whatever. Oh, you but, did. Uh, it's not like you sound, I <laughs> guess it was. I mean, yeah. Uh, so I was like, oh, maybe I could. Uh, and then I was like, I don't know if I want to teach bands. You know, it's not really, I don't know, something that interests me. So mm, I switched over to performance about maybe like my sophomore year, I guess. Uh, and then, yeah, just finished off as performance. And then when I was, uh going to audition for grad schools um i was thinking of just like you know just i actually thought about university of montana and just like you know close close schools yeah and uh dr brooks our wind ensemble director and dr park as well the uh, orchestra conductor at the time um they were like no you need to go to like a school where they're going to kick your butt like <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah because <laughs> uh, i mean i use i mean it's a great school but the, it's very small not not much competition um so i was like okay well i, I really had no idea like what was out there as far as music school so i was like okay i'm gonna search up just like you know schools where there are major orchestras and uh see like you know who I can study with that's a principal player in an orchestra or whatever so I was like looking at schools like Cleveland Institute of Music so I, I like went like yeah. super high. too far yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too high uh and then um one of the schools oh so also I started taking lessons with uh Travis Peterson he's the principal trumpet player of uh the Utah Symphony uh, he had just won the job uh, recently at that time. And I contacted him, uh, started taking lessons with him. Also, again, like kind of get pretty close to like my <laughs> senior, like when I was almost done at ISU. Uh, Being a pattern. That's, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I am, you know, just leave everything last minute. Um, and he he went to Indiana University. Uh, uh, when he was uh, in in undergrad. Um, so I took a few lessons with him. I would see the orchestra when I would uh, go take lessons. And um, <clears throat> he helped me. He got me in contact with uh, Professor Cord at Indiana University. He studied with him. And um, yeah, I auditioned at, at Indiana. I had a pretty good audition there. And uh, Mr. Cord accepted me into his studio. So ended up going there for my master's and I finished there, uh, 2017. Nice. So, yeah. And then, uh, after that, I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. Uh, that was when they get a music degree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I was pretty burned out with music school at that point. Um, uh, so I didn't want to like go and get a doctorate. Um, so I went back home to Idaho to Roberts, uh, Billy, I'm sure you know what Roberts is like. Roberts. I don't know. I don't know if you've ever been there. 
it's uh, the place where BJ's Bayou is at. It's a little tiny, tiny town. I don't know if you're familiar. Oh, wait. In Idaho, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> Yeah. I was I was yeah, thinking yeah. like because there's a there's a grocery store in Baton Rouge called Robert's and I was I got a confused. Uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, so I went back home for the the summer 2017, and I was just kind of just I didn't know really what to do. And then my best friend uh, from high school uh, went to Rigby High School together. He had. Uh, probably his second year at university of Pittsburgh. He's getting his, he's getting his sociology degree, uh, PhD here. And he was like, uh, why don't you come up and live with me in Pittsburgh and see what, you know, see what happens. Just go from there. And I was like, okay, sounds good. So I drove all the way from Idaho to Pittsburgh and, uh, started freelancing here and started teaching private lessons. And that's what I've been doing for the past almost four years now. It's like just freelancing and teaching on my own private studio. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So what were there things that you like fell in love with about Pittsburgh or did you just kind of like stay there for a bit and thought, Hey, this isn't too bad. Or were there like certain parts about being there and playing music that really felt right or. Yeah. So, um, uh, I mean, it's the biggest city that I've ever lived in. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, people say that it's a small city, but for me, it's just like just the right like size because coming from a small place, it's not, overwhelming but it's like big enough where there's lots of stuff to do nice so i really like that and then once i started getting into like the music the the latino music scene um i was just like i felt it was it was a totally something totally different than what i had been doing in school which was all classical mm-hmm. um and it was kind of a nice change up for me like because uh, after grad school, I was kind of just like, I don't know, like, I was like, do I still want to do this? You know, I don't know. There's that intense was- classical music that, I don't know, I experienced burnout, like, after my master's as well, or it was like, I don't, who wants to do this? I don't know, you get that, like, dilemma of, like, I love it, but I also hate this. <laughs> oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah, I felt that a lot. I was just like, and my playing wasn't that, I mean, when I got done at ISU, my I, I just had like a lot of anxiety and I was playing with a lot of tension and <clears throat> I was getting worse. And then, uh, uh, yeah, it was just not great. And then, and then at the end of my masters, I was like, oh. I, I wasn't even sure if I enjoyed playing anymore, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I just kind of kept at it. And I was like, well, I've come too far to just quit. So I was like, I just gotta try this, you know, like, mm-hmm. and, doing that switching it up to like you know playing mariachi and playing in uh, salsa groups around here as well it was just something totally different it was like a new challenge but i felt comfortable with it, it was intimidating i mean it, it was a little bit but i felt more comfortable with taking on that challenge and it was it was just uh, a breath of f- uh, fresh air really just getting to play 
and like playing in the real world too, like outside of just playing, just playing in school ensembles all the time, mm-hmm. or even like regional orchestras or anything like that. Uh, it was just, I feel like I've, I've learned a lot, like just doing it out here. Um, I wouldn't say more than like in school, but it's, it's a different experience for sure. Yeah, it definitely seems like a more practical experience because I feel like school doesn't always, I don't know, this is a broad generalization, but I feel like you're not always prepared for what it's going to be like once you exit that like academic setting. Um, so I imagine that's kind of freeing in a way to to see what it's, it is actually like and it's probably more enjoyable, but I'm <laughs> just kind oh, of for guessing sure. here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, for me, it was kind of like almost coming back to what I was familiar with because I was playing, I mean, I started gigging with my cousin's band, which is like, it's a, I guess the the actual genre of music is called regional Mexican music. Um, And I was, I mean, I started gigging when I was 17 playing drums. So I was familiar with that, like, you know, going out to bars and clubs and playing all that. So, uh, you know, in college, I didn't do too much of that. I mean, I would join other bands here and there, uh, but I always enjoyed playing that kind of music and and that kind of scene. Um, So then in grad school, I didn't do any of that. Mm. So when I came here and kind of got back into that, you know, playing in clubs and stuff and playing different types of music. It was like coming back to something I was more familiar with. And yeah, it's just something that I really enjoy doing. <clears throat> Is that something you kind of grew up listening to? Is... Or... Yeah. Because so... I know like some people have to- said that like their parents came over from wherever and they immediately just kind of like, stop listening to what they had listened to in home country and just focus on what America was making, you know, rock music or whatever it was, you know? And so then it's like, <clears throat> they become older and they're like, they hear the music from their home country and like it hits them, you know, a deep chord somewhere deep, you know? So I didn't know no, if yeah. it was like, you just had listened to this your whole life and, and then skewed away to classical and then it's coming back or. Yeah, so, I mean, just growing up, it was just whatever my parents were listening to, you know, um, um, and what was popular at the time. Because, I mean, uh, we've never shied away from, like, our, me and my brothers never shied away from, like, knowing what our roots are and, like, knowing that, you know, even though we're American, like, born in America, we've, there's also our Mexican side is still very, like, prominent you know mm-hmm. um it was never like we spoke english in the house we always spoke spanish we like to this day we always just speak spanish in, in the house um <clears throat> so but interestingly enough so i i really liked all the music that my parents would listen to but at the time this is like the mid 90s as well um so one of my old older brothers he was listening to a lot of gangster rap at the time and so that's what I grew up like grew up with was like my parents' music and gangster rap, uh, you know, like Easy E, Bone Thugs and Harmony, NWA, yeah. <laughs> all that stuff. 
Um, all the good stuff. And I, yeah, and I mean, it just comes with also just kind of like being a minority. Uh, it's just and like in that environment, you know, just growing up with that kind of mm, yeah environment around you. That's what you kind of I don't know gravitate towards too. Um, but interestingly, interestingly enough, uh, I didn't I didn't really like mariachi music, which is like. You know, my parents would listen to it too as well. And it was like just on TV, like on movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just never really got into it. You know, I liked everything else, but mariachi music, I was just like, ah, do I have to? Because it was like on, on black and, like black and white movies that my parents would watch. And I was like, why do we have to watch this? This is like, <laughs> this is boring. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, you know, but yeah. Um, I mean, just I've just always listened to a lot of stuff, uh, and that's the thing. Like, I it's whatever I listen to and I really like. I'm like, I want to play that. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter like what genre it is. So, I mean, I've played so many different kinds of music because I hear it and I'm like, I want to do that, and I just do it. Do it, you know. Um, but yeah, it wasn't. Uh, I mean, it's. I always have different things playing and, um, but yeah, like, you know, then, then getting into, uh, college and stuff is when I got into, you know, classical and jazz, uh, more, uh, and like I said, the, just the oppor- opportunity to play in different kinds of bands, uh, just wasn't there during at that time. And plus I was just more focused with school. Um, so yeah i mean just i've always listened to that kind of music like mexican music and um i mean it's what i grew up with and i mean to this day i still listen to a lot of that stuff i know you did a whole bunch of ensembles at isu like I remember you and I pretty much had like the exact same course schedule all the time. Um, but when you went to Indiana, did they have like a mariachi group or anything? No, okay. it, uh, I, no, they didn't. Um, but I do remember one time, this is really funny. I, my house was like probably like a block away from this Mexican restaurant. And uh, this was very this is probably like a couple of months into me living in Indiana. And I was walking home one day and I, I could hear like some mariachi music playing. I was like, what is that? So I like, I was like, I kind of followed the sound and there was this mariachi band playing in that Mexican restaurant. Yeah. And I asked them, hey, I was like, do you guys need a trumpet player or anything? I was like, oh yeah. So I gave them my number, but they were, so Indiana University is in Bloomington and they were based in uh, Indianapolis, which is like an arrow away from, from Bloomington. So I was like, yeah, that's probably not going to work out. Cause <laughs> you know, too busy, too busy with like school and stuff. So uh, I can, yeah, I can do it. Yeah. So it wasn't until I got to Pittsburgh when I started playing mariachi. Some of my like, mem- like, 
boldest memories of Bariatri was like I grew up in Texas and I lived in Houston and out in outside San Antonio and um yeah I was always Mexican well, I love Mexican food so we'd always like anytime we were out eating like every now and then you'd get to hear live music and I remember just as a kid like thinking that was really commonplace like oh yeah like restaurants have mariachi bands and then I moved to Montana and I was like hey there's no Mexican food that's good and B, like, <laughs> well, I heard the mariachi bands <laughs> yeah we also have yeah, one so the church I went to, which I, I thought it was really cool as a kid. Like you get to hear the mass in English and Spanish. And then there was like this full blown mariachi band. And like, I thought it was a treat when I was a kid. I was like, this is so freaking cool. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's, uh, I mean, that's what we do a lot of, uh, is, is, well, not so much now, but, uh, a couple of years ago, you know, uh, doing restaurants, like that, like you talked about, and just really wherever we end up getting hired. So, yeah. Cool. So maybe- And it actually was- Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. It, it wasn't actually until like I started playing, like actually playing the music that I started to really appreciate it because I noticed just how, how beautiful like the arrangements are, especially like the, the older stuff. Uh, like I said, like when I was a kid, like I didn't, I just was not into it, but just like, <laughs> you know, realizing what kind of like, you know, the songwriting, just yeah. like how, how beautiful it is. It's just like, and, and yeah, just like the, <clears throat> the orchestration and everything. Mm -hmm. really, really like, good rich, stuff, yeah. like romantic sounds. And it, yeah. Like, it, like you don't quite appreciate that because like, I don't know, it sounds like it's so stocked to your brain or you're just like oh that's another stock orchestra sound like i don't know you don't quite like appreciate it you said yeah for sure older and you get immersed in it and you're like okay how are they how are they putting these together okay what's who's playing what to get that sound and somebody's exactly. actually gonna do all of this <laughs> yeah for sure Yeah, and so um, when you started finally playing into the into the, a group, uh, what was like? How was that at first experience going here in Pittsburgh? Yeah, um, it was it was really good. It was there the so there was already a group established. They had gone through different members, um, and. Uh, I was just like looking around to whoever, you know, needed a trumpet player. And I figured like, that's, that's the, the, I've been very lucky to kind of be in, in different kinds of, be, because of like being able to speak Spanish, like being able to, you know, communicate with all different kinds of people to be able to, you know, uh, get gigs and stuff. So I was just like, I wonder if there's a mariachi here and, I call. I found a, found their number, and uh, they told me, "Yeah, let's. Uh, we're gonna have a uh, a rehearsal this day." And I went, and they were very welcoming, very welcoming. And uh, um, and I hadn't really been playing too much, you know, for maybe about a year. I mean, I I would like practice, um, you know, just like my routine and stuff. Right. But I wasn't 
I wasn't playing with any with anybody because that's the other thing. Like <laughs> once you get out of school, like you're not there's no school ensembles. Is you, yeah. you just gotta unless yeah play <laughs> yeah unless you're yeah. in a group or you're teaching lessons or you're I mean I mean even teachers they'd like they don't really even pick up their their horn or whatever instrument they play you know so. exactly yeah 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 like unless you want a job you know in in an orchestra or a band or something you're not you got to find a way to because it's a lot different to, to be just practicing you can even be practicing you know four hours a day or whatever and it's still not the same as to like be playing in a in a group it's a whole different mm-hmm. thing so I, I went there and i was like you know a little nervous at first i was like i'm not i'm not really that great in, uh, in shape to play and uh like i've never played this kind of music before and like i was like i've i've heard these songs before just from growing up but i i didn't know i mean i wasn't sure like how the trumpet parts fit in or anything um but thankfully they had sheet music for a lot of it that's cool um yeah uh for some of course there there isn't um so you just kind of have to figure out by ear and um so yeah like i started rehearsing with them uh at the beginning of 2018 it was like in february and um the first gig was going to be in march so i had i was like trying to like memorize all the music uh in like a month to to be able to play that gig and i got most of it down that's the other thing because you know you gotta you gotta memorize memorize the music it's just i mean it's just easier for you you know to be walking around like playing instead of like and not having sheet music in front of you right but yeah it's, it's yeah and it's been a it's been great you know it's just like i feel especially being away from family, uh, you know, being so far apart. I just, I just felt like, you know, they took me in. It's like, like a, like a family almost, you know, That's playing. Cool. Yeah, playing with them. Yeah. I noticed like doing some of the, the research on, on this and uh, they said that usually like traditionally the ensemble members, it's not just like, you have like a lead singer and then maybe some like uh, backup vocals, but usually it said that people take turns singing and things. So did you become, were you now, are you now more uh, happier? Like, are you better at singing now or are you just like, (laughs) do you do it a lot or? (laughs) Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's the thing. So we have uh, our lead uh, singer is a female. Um, but there are some songs, you know, that are better suited for, for male voice or, you know, uh, they also to kind of give her a break, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've started, I mean, uh, I started singing, singing a few songs and, uh, it's, I didn't really feel uncomfortable to begin with. I just kind of, cause, uh, I mean, I just love kind of singing that that kind of like singing along with that kind of music and to be able to do it in the group it's just like it's you know 
it's great to be able to try to do the music justice in that way, you know, and like my tradition and everything, just being able to do that. And just, and just, I mean, as a trumpet player, I've gotten so much better because it's just so exposed. Um, you know, I'm the only trumpet player there and it's like, you just got to go for it. You can't like right. be like, okay, well, I hope, uh, you know, if nobody hears and I mess up or anything. It's like, you got to just lay it down. And if you mess up, you mess up. And it's just like, whatever, you know? Right. Yeah. I would think like, I thought that was such a cool idea of kind of everyone taking turns and real communal. You guys have a lot of, um, you guys have violins in there too with your ensemble. Yeah. So right now we have three violins, but it really kind of fluctuates. Uh, depending on the event or just depending on people's availability. Uh, <clears throat> there's sometimes people uh, will want a smaller group, you know, so sometimes it will just be guitarron, vihuela, trumpet, and one violin, so there's four members, or they want the whole band. Uh, it just kind of depends, you know, here, uh, on the how many members can be there and, things like that. Um, but yeah, it's, right now I have three violins, just me on trumpet and then guitarron, vihuela, and the singer. But yeah, we all, we also do all just like backup vocals as well, you know, and it's just, it's just, uh, it's really a, a party every time we get to play. That's cool. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really want to find a place in this area that has a live mariachi band uh we go to a, a place not too far from our house that's great food but it's all like recorded or they have sports on and stuff so <laughs> yeah bill yeah. you're in houston yeah. there's mariachi everywhere <laughs> i know i know yeah, i need to break sure. out of my five mile bubble so <laughs> I, i'm sure right now there's probably limitations to that as well but hopefully in the next few months we'll be back yes <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we talk about a little bit just like on the 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 history of it like um sure is that okay yeah yeah so uh i think it was saying um that it started as kind of like an offshoot from like indigenous like the indigenous music of mexico and things and then when the spaniards came in they kind of uh they started adding other instruments and uh, guitars and violins and stuff like that. Um, so um, maybe like you could give us your kind of understanding of, of, of the history from your perspective and things. Yeah, sure. I mean, like I uh, mentioned before, I, I probably my first exposure to it was in the movies that my parents would watch. Um, and to me, it was, it was just like music that you put on when you got heartbroken and you wanted to get drunk. That's what it, that's what it was to me. And, and that's what it is to me now. <laughs> um, so that was, yeah. that was my, yeah. Was I noticed that some of it was like built around film and it right. kind of and like then, pigeonholed them into a certain like look, you know, yeah, so then I did I did do a little bit of research and I guess that was kind of a negative connotation just 
the show that was kind of like, you know, they were kind of bad people, you know, just like nightlife kind of, and like, and the whole machismo thing, you know, like uh, misogynistic kind of thing. Uh, and yeah, like some of the songs are, you know, a little bit like that. Uh, but I guess nobody really even knows kind of like the, the, the origin of the word mariachi. I mean, it's kind of just like there are theories, but it, uh, it's not really for sure what, how, what, where the word comes from. Um, but yeah, from my understanding, uh, there weren't even trumpets to begin with, and they mainly played sones, which is like a traditional, uh, the traditional genre that they would play. And then I guess it wasn't until it started to get more commercial, commercialized that, uh, they started playing waltzes, um, and rancheras. Uh, and then that's when they also started incorporating uh, more instruments as well and voice. Mm, okay. Yeah. I, I remember, um, this is kind of a weird kind of offshoot, but, uh, we lived in Jerome, Idaho for a while and I was, went to a Walmart once and, uh, all of a sudden we hear mariachi music and it was someone's quinceanera. Mm. And so they're like, instead of walking down the street, they're walking through the Walmart, which was a weird tradition there. And I was just like, what is going on? <laughs> so wait, wait they're, they're walking through the Walmart for a quinceanera? Yeah, the girl had like a, like the big old dress on and everything. And everyone was dressed In, up nice. Inside inside the Walmart? Yeah. That's, what? Isn't that weird? <laughs> that is kind of, that's a little change, yeah. Idaho. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I guess that's what they did instead of walking through town or whatever, you know. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> Indoors, I guess. <laughs> you can get your groceries afterwards. I don't know. Sounds convenient. <laughs> you see the people just grabbing something off the shelf as they're walking around. <laughs> I'll pay for it. <laughs> uh, I think you told us one, but like, who are some of your favorite? Um, mariachi ensembles or people to listen yeah so as far as singers uh so i'm really into that's that's an interesting part of our group right now is each member has like their own kind of style that because the, the same with mariachi there's lots of different styles that we play okay um yeah so everybody each member kind of has their favorite kind to play um and I really enjoy like the, you know, like the really, like the, like the really sad heart, heartbreak song, you know, <laughs> I, that's what I'm really into. That, that, those are the funnest to sing as well. Um, so there's singers like Javier Solis, which I told you about. He was, um, he was in a few movies. So it was, uh, and during that time, like in the forties and fifties, um, there was back then singers and were, did a lot of crossover with like acting. So they were like acting and singing. So there was a lot of uh, music in the movies. Um, I really like Javier Solis. Uh, he does a lot of uh, boleros, which is, uh, I think it's a Spanish genre as well. Um, 
but uh, I also like Vicente Fernandez. He does a lot of the the heartbreak stuff. Uh, Pedro Infante. Uh, so yeah, they're just they're just kind of like singers, uh, you know, backed up by a mariachi. Um, but yeah, those are those are my favorite groups, or like singers. And so you, sorry, go ahead, Hillary. Oh, I was just saying, I'm excited. I'm gonna have to go check all these people out. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So you were saying that they have like different um, genres within it. So, cause I mean, you know, unfortunately like all of my education when it comes to mariachi is like, you know, kind of like you in, in the, it's in films or, um, you know, in some sort of like comedy sketch or something or, uh, or Coco, you know, and right, yeah. so, <laughs> it's like, um, I, I would figure they'd have different genre of songs, but do the, are there like different types of ensembles within the umbrella of mariachi? Um, like maybe there are certain ones that are dedicated for a certain type of event versus others or. Not necessarily. I would say maybe like the instrumentation gets, uh, tweaked a little bit. Um, okay. A lot of like the traditional sonas have harp in it. So, you know, when you have a harp player and like the space for it, uh, you're able to incorporate it. And, you know, like sounds like La Bamba. Uh, okay. That's a very traditional song. Like you can, you can add the harp there. Um, but then, but when you change like the instrument, like the, uh, the group, like you're talking about, there are different groups, but then they're just, they're not mariachis. They're a whole different type of group. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as far, but like when you change genres, you kind of just, it's, it's more of like the rhythm that changes. So it's, uh, or, or the kind of lyrics or the feel of it that changes. Okay. That's, that's clear. Yeah. There's one question that, I remember when we were taking American music with Tom Hasselflug and, (laughs) (laughs) and he said that there is a, um, a music genre from Mexico. He like puts it on. He's like, what does this sound like? And it sounded like super happy and peppy. And I was like, this is, this is kind of cool. I like this. No one, of course, in class spoke Spanish. Um, (laughs) Well, we're just like, yeah, this is fun. This is cool. I like it. He's like, so what do you guys think it is? And people are like, maybe it's a love song or maybe, maybe it's like he had a good day and it's a, or it's a hero song, you know, it's like, you're all wrong. They just talked about chopping off some people's heads because they messed with the wrong drug Lord and the cartels (laughs) coming after them and stuff. Do they have like similar things within mariachi or is that just like, so I think, so I think um, he played, so that's a, that's a thing as well. I think a lot of people confuse Norteño music with okay. mariachi music. So, and it's funny because he did the same thing in our class, but he used the Italian mafia. He used an Italian song. Oh, okay. So that's <laughs> kind of interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. So Norteño music is, you know the, the 
the instrumentation is like accordion uh, and then you have bass uh either like upright bass or electric bass and uh bajo quinto and drums um so that's a totally different thing than mariachi but the norteño groups are the ones who play those kinds of songs which i played in a group uh also like i played drums in a group like that um and yeah yeah there's they're called the uh, narco corridos and they yeah they they write songs about uh different drug lords and different um cartels and just kind of like the life of of uh, uh they call them sicarios um or like hitmen you know um but yeah that's definitely that's uh, definitely a thing. I mean, I enjoy I enjoy those songs. So. Yeah, I think it's That's cool. Awesome. I think it's interesting that you can like juxtapose that that kind of feeling from the music that you know most of us are used to hearing and thinking one thing, and then uh, when you actually have a chance to look at the lyrics translated, you're like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> you know, it's like Breaking yeah. Bad in music form. You know. <laughs> yeah yeah and that's the thing it's kind of i mean if you didn't if you didn't grow up with it or i guess obviously if you don't understand it but even just like listening to it it's a whole different feeling you know like mm-hmm. when you when that's part of you like you hear that and you it's like a certain it's hard to explain it's just a certain kind of feeling you know like all the all the when mm, you hear music when like the mariachi start yelling you know like they, yeah. they do all the and all that mm-hmm. it's just because you get that feeling so you want to express it somehow so that's how it how you kind of express it so it's just it's, it's kind of weird to explain but yeah it's just kind of a part of you that that uh if you, yeah if you don't know it you just don't know it really yeah and and so maybe uh that was a, the, another thing. And this is all just because I like have no experience in this. And I feel like you're the safest person I could ask without <laughs> someone being like, Oh God, this white guy asking me these questions about my culture, you know, <laughs> yeah. but like, so you brought up the yelling and the, the kind of yip, the, not the yips, but the, like the yelps of excitement and stuff. Right. Like, um, you know, the, the quintessential thing, I mean, not quintessential, but the thing that I can think of the most, like right off the top of my head is that like scene in Coco when he's like at the palace and he's trying to get everyone to shut up. And so he lets out that kind of, um, what is it? Cascading uh, yell, you know, and everyone's like, who's this kid? You know? Uh, But like, what is what is this and what, what like what's the purpose behind it you know i've i've wondered that myself and i don't know i i'm guessing it just started somehow at some point and it was just like kind of brought down like generation hmm. through generation you know it's just like i mean i grew up like seeing my uncles and everybody just doing that so it's just like you can't you just that's what you're familiar with. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, cause the, the music is very emotional. So 
you know, when it's talking, there are a lot of songs about mm, certain, like, like a certain state in Mexico, right? So if you hear a song that's about your state, and then you feel like the pride, you know, of mm, like, mm-hmm. that's my state. So you kind of want to express that. Right. Um, or, or like I said, like the, the heartbreak songs, you know, it's like you are feeling just, you know, like crap because your girl left you or whatever. And the, the song comes on that just like uh, understands you, you know, it's like you're kind of yet letting that emotion out okay. uh, for the music. And it, it, yeah, it's just kind of like, yeah, you, you just kind of get it in you like you hear the music and it's just like i don't know for me it's like a feeling of familiarity i guess and Mm -hmm. and like tradition and all that so like that's how i feel and that's like why you want to do it i guess i uh, i don't know i i I wonder if there's any like research on that or anything oh i'm sure there is (laughs) somewhere but (laughs) yeah (laughs) We live right across the street from a long row of apartment buildings. And I would say maybe like 80 to 90% of them are inhabited by people from south of, you know, Texas uh, who come up here and they start working in construction or in the lawnscaping industry here and stuff. And, you know, once it's like Saturday, like Friday night, dinner time, the music comes on really loud and uh, there's, you know, we have an elote lady that goes by in a truck selling the elote or the corn with the mayo and the chile on it outside, yeah. like just in the back of her truck. And she's got fresh vegetables and fruit in there too. And it's, it's such a, like a spirit full and lively atmosphere. And it's just, it's really cool to hear. <laughs> be be yeah, that sure. you know be near that because you just you don't have much many of those kinds of experiences especially coming up in idaho where it's you know if you're if you're different they they don't want to really deal with you you know <laughs> exactly exactly yeah um yeah and i mean like you mentioned you know like i think that's a big part of it especially here in america it's like these uh you know, the work, these people are working, you know, 12 hour days for the whole week, like mm-hmm. six days a week, you know, <clears throat> and they just, at the end of the week, they just want to like relax and have fun, you know? Oh yeah. And that's, and that's just uh, part of like our culture as well. It's just like having fun after, you, you know, you put your work in. Yeah. I love it. And it's interest. It's an interesting thing. Uh, going back to the the Yale stuff is um, it's interesting because I I've I've as I've met more people from like South America here in Pittsburgh, you know, from Colombia, uh, Venezuela. Um, it's not it's not a, a thing there, so it's a really kind of a, mm. it's like a Mexican kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Also, like spicy food is just very much a Mexican thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. I worked with a lot of people from El Salvador and um, when I was selling cars and stuff and they were like, you got to try these food, this food. And I was like, is it spicy? And they're like, yeah, it's spicy. Don't worry about it. It's okay. You know? And so I was like, okay, I'll try it. And I was like, 
pretty sure I put more spice on my own food than this. He's like, this isn't that spicy, you know? Yeah. Like, isn't yeah. it good? It's good, right? And I was like, yeah, it's good. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. It's good, but. <laughs> yeah, they, they all tell me they're like, you know, people from South America, they're like, you guys are like at another level. <laughs> like, <that. laughs> like, what? I grew, I grew up with this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of my coworkers was even like, "You're not even like sweating. Are you? Is it? Is it okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's really good." <laughs> and then he's like, well, "I'm gonna try it." And then he was like, "That's really spicy." I was like, "It's fine. It's, it's calm down." <laughs> I don't know how the feel being in Montana sometimes. I'm like, "Yeah, there's Texas spice and then there's Montana spice and Montana spice <laughs> dressing and yeah. a little bit of pepper." <laughs> yeah, Idaho salt and pepper. So you know. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you put anything else on there, it'll ruin it. Except Roberto's. <laughs> Roberto's on right. Maine. The shit's fired. Yeah. It is. It is good. Uh, I don't know if I, uh, you probably don't notice, but uh, I became, I've been vegetarian now for like almost four years now. So wow. Okay. I, I do miss, I do miss, uh, Roberto's though. that was that was good and it, it's horrible for you but right <laughs> it was great like after a night of hitting you know the bars and stuff you know oh yeah yeah because they're open 24 hours so yeah and I used to live like a block from it so it was great I you know yeah so. and, and Pocatello yeah 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 so what made you go vegetarian um, so like I mentioned, uh, like at the very beginning, uh, uh, I started losing weight, like right around that, the, the time we graduated and, um, uh, yeah, it was just kind of like a journey. And I just kind of afterwards, I just kind of wanted to just change my lifestyle a little bit more and just talking to people about health and stuff. And, uh, it was just like, uh, at first I just kind of wanted to try it. So I kind of just like slowly started uh not eating like red meat mm-hmm. and uh so i was just eating, at the end i was just kind of eating like fish and some chicken a little bit and i was like oh, i'm just at first i was just like oh, i'm just gonna try it and see what happens it was just kind of like so it was mostly a health thing um and then i was just i just kind of stuck with it and i'm just like oh, i might as well just keep going so yeah very cool yeah. okay that was fun to chat with you and i feel like i'm getting to relive a part of my childhood just you know remembering all the the sounds of texas and growing up hearing that as so commonplace and it's it's things i've forgotten about as i've been in montana and i don't know i've really enjoyed this conversation <laughs> yeah me too yeah yeah and I, I it's i mean it, it's funny because i do notice you know like wherever we're playing and it like i notice all the kids you know all, like just getting into it or just like covering their ears, you know. <laughs> yeah. I know that yeah, might so, be but, but I'm like, I look back, I'm like, oh, I have such fond memories. And who knows, I was probably seven and hating it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then it's like, you know, later on in life, they'll probably, you know, kind of have the same story as you. Just like, oh, I remember these, this group playing. And, mm-hmm. and Well, thank you so much, Ulysses, for being on our show and, 
and for talking to us about your life and playing trumpet and uh, mariachi music and clearing up some questions I had that were obviously wrong um, <laughs> in so many ways. <laughs> but uh, it's great talking to you. Thank you so much for being on. Thanks for having me. It was great. Great seeing you again. It was nice to meet you, Hillary. And yeah, it's, um, I, li- I liked uh, listening to some of the other episodes you have. And it's, it's really cool that you have all these kind of different people on. And thanks for having me. Para reforzar el nido, olvidemos el pasado. Y lo que diga la gente, lo que importa es que te amo. Y me amas para siempre. Olvidemos el pasado y vivamos. El presente, lo que importa es que me amas y te amo para siempre. Thanks for listening to the Sounds of the World podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode. There are links to everything in the episode description and also on our website. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sounds of the World. To show support for Sounds of the World podcast, please join our Patreon, where you can have access to our after-party discussions with guests, discounted merchandise, and even more. If you have any questions, answers, or episode suggestions, please email us at Sounds of the world podcast at gmail.com. Well, Bill, I think I'm going to go have a beer now. Hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs>